Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome to Oklahoma, where it will be 29 degrees in the morning and 60 in the afternoon, March 31st, 2019, and uh, it's amazing. All right, well, let's stand to our feet and hold your Bibles up. Welcome all of you watching online. It's going to be a special experience, so don't walk away, change, don't let your phone distract, stay focused. It's going to be an incredible morning. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Before I start preaching, let me remind all of you women that this Wednesday night uh, we resume Bethmore Bible study after all the spring break weeks that we had, and uh, if you didn't get your golden ticket, get one on the outside. It's going to be Taco Wednesday. I know it doesn't rhyme like Taco Tuesday, but we're having a very special event. And uh, this Wednesday night, it's going to be a special night to resume uh, Beth Moore. And uh, I want to also uh, say this. It's never, you've heard this thing, it's not how you start that counts. It's how you finish. And some of you say, well, you know, I've kind of, I missed it one or two and you know, so no, 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 no. You don't not show up because you haven't shown up. That's when you show up. And, and I want to really encourage you ladies, finish strong. This is an incredible study. Beth Moore is probably, in my opinion, one of the best teachers I've ever heard. And I wish we could do one for men. And we may do Beth Moore Bible study for men. Uh, she's that good. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not yet come and you say, well, you know, it's too late for me. No, no, jump right in. It's a Bible study. You learn something every week that you're here. So please show up, women, and tell other ladies, bring them this Wednesday night. It's so absolutely important that we realize every time we sit under the Word of God that our lives are changed. So it starts at uh, 7, 6.30. So the women do it different than men. 6.30. And and dinner starts when? 6. You can tell that I have made myself available to be well-informed. And so... uh, Anyway, be here. Okay, well, we're going to uh, conclude our series today entitled CSI OKC. And for those of you who have missed, let me just take us back a a few weeks when I started this. This is a series about manipulation. And sometimes you just have to have plain common sense to not be manipulated. Uh, There are manipulators all around us in a world that is fallen uh, and has been for thousands of years. Uh, we typically as human beings are desperate to have influence and to get our own way. And when you can't influence somebody, then we resort to manipulating them in order for us to get our way. Manipulators are people who uh, can be very nice. You, you, you wouldn't think that there's much wrong with them until you realize one day you have been drawn in to their web and uh, you can't say no to them. You can't uh, even do much without asking them. They have you. And there are ways that they do that. They 
first will positively reinforce you, tell you how wonderful you are all the time, and then when you say no, then they resort to negative reinforcement. So you have positive reinforcement, and, and they kind of lure you in by saying, I, I don't know what I'd do without you. I can't do this without you. You hear that all the time. Can I tell you something? Anybody says, I wouldn't do this, can't do this without you, you need to look at them and say, you and Jesus are a majority. You don't always have to have me. You don't need me. Now, you may want me, and I like that, and, and I can be assistance, and maybe there are times you legitimately need me. Yeah, but, but the reality is when somebody puts that kind of pressure on you, oftentimes what they're really saying is, you know, I, uh, I really want your help and to control your life. Uh, I'm going to have to be charming and really reinforcing. Now, there's nothing wrong with somebody being nice. There's a difference. And that's how come manipulation is so deceptive is because it comes off as uh, really nice and kind sometimes. And you've got to know the heart of the issue. The intention, the motivation. And then when somebody can't lure you or seduce you into doing what they want, there's negative reinforcement. And at that point, they begin to be a little critical of you versus uh, polite toward you. And, and you feel a little wounded, and, and out of that wound, you feel compelled to prove them wrong. And so you start responding, not in a healthy way, but a way that says, you know, they don't think I'm all that in a bag of chips anymore. And so manipulation is a cycle, and we can see it if you'll turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4 and James chapter 5. We see the ultimate manipulation when Jesus is about to begin his ministry. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is where the manipulation, Satan, satanic manipulation begins. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. See, if you are the son of God, it's manipulation. The devil is trying to get Jesus to do something before his time and to alter his course and the way that God, the reason God put him here, Satan is trying to keep him from the cross. And, and he can't just straight out say, you look, you're not going to die on the cross for all these dumb people who hate your guts. You know, they're the ones that are going to crucify you. Come on, get a grip, Jesus. No, very deceptively, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, notice something here. Jesus is, is establishing himself verbally. He's, he's got conviction in his heart, purpose in his heart, and he is responding to the devil very very forcefully, if you will, and, and, and we need to be prepared. And this is why when you read the Bible, you come to a Beth Moore Bible study, you come to a men's breakfast, you come to a men's fellowship, what you're really doing is loading the chambers of your heart with the artillery you need to refute Satan. And so people say, well, why read the Bible? Many people read the Bible out of guilt. Well, I, I should read the Bible because it, it, it makes God happy. You reading the Bible doesn't make God happy at all. God's happy all the time. You reading the Bible doesn't give God any more joy than he already possesses or any more love. It gives you the strength you need to face the devil and the confrontations uh, that come your way or the temptations. You can now face those things because you have the Word of God in you. Please don't miss this. It's always amazed me that people feel, if I don't read the Bible, I feel guilty. That's not the plan of God for you. 
the Bible is there for us to be able to be strengthened in order to overcome the manipulative powers of the demonic. And I'm not saying everybody who's a manipulator is demonic, but I'm telling you manipulation itself is very demonic. It's the attempt to alter someone's course for your good. Then the devil took him, because that didn't work, so the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, now, now notice something. The first temptation, Satan does not use the Bible. The second temptation, Satan refers to the Psalms, only he leaves out one very important point. So Satan says he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He leaves out in all your ways. And so he leaves that point out uh, just very manipulatively. And then Jesus answered, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So I'm telling you, the devil's pulling out everything. And let me tell you what people do. People, believe it or not, are either led by the Holy Spirit or we're led by our flesh, but we all have to fight the influence of the devil. The spirits of darkness is what Paul calls them in Corinthians. And so we, we downplay a lot of things uh, because of the supernatural scares a lot of people, but there is a supernatural component uh, to this life that we live, very strong supernatural component, uh, and it's the spirit of God or the spirit of darkness. So Satan is trying to manipulate Jesus using Holy Scripture. And then it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus is tempted three times. Then the Bible says it's the lust of the flesh, the bread, the lust of the eyes, when he looks at all these kingdoms and the boastful pride of life, when Jesus looks and you throw yourself down, you'll be okay. And so these are the basic temptations. And you can oftentimes, if you, if you really listen to somebody and you, you're not going to be threatened or intimidated, uh, you'll be able to overcome manipulation. But you have to be very, very careful and aware of what these tools are. So today I'm going to give you five resistant techniques to come against manipulation. Five very simple, and you need these. Trust me, if you've never heard a sermon yet, these will save your life. Because the problem is, we think every decision we make doesn't count. But let me tell you, most decisions that we make will have an impact on our lives. And so we need to carefully make decisions, prayerfully, uh, understanding the Bible as much as we can. Because we're going to make mistakes, but we need to be very aware of how to address manipulative people. I know we've all heard people say, well, if you don't do it my way, I'm going home. Yeah, it gets real quiet. That is blatant manipulation. What they're basically saying is, it's my way or the highway. It's an ultimatum instead of, can we talk about this? And at the end of the day, you may still disagree, but it doesn't have to be mean. Say, so, you know, this goes against. Jesus was operating by conviction here. He knew his purpose for being on earth. He had a conviction about it, and he said, I'm immovable on these issues. He didn't say, you know, he didn't, he didn't get in an argument or cuss Satan out or anything. He just told him what the Word said and addressed him straight up. In James chapter 5, 
Verse 12, above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. We need to be able to have a yes, yes, or a no, no. These are things in our lives. And many people have a hard time saying no because in the earlier uh, sermon I preached, you have a disease to please. You have an approval addiction. And saying no might not gain someone's approval. So you're, you're always working on how you can say yes and still be okay. And yet when you say yes to things you know you shouldn't have said yes to, you actually feel this sense of guilt. And hopefully that guilt will drive you to not do it again. And it's not the condemnation of God. It's the guilt of the choice that you made. So number one, this is the first resistant technique. Play for time. Play for time. What does that mean? In other words, when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need an answer right now. How many of you have ever been to, a, and, and please, if you're a car salesman, don't get mad at me. But salespeople are the worst. This deal's only going to last today. If you don't buy this car today, it goes up $1,000 tomorrow. And, and you're like, oh, I've got, I've got honey, we've got to get it today, or this washer or dryer, or whatever it is that somebody's trying to sell you, and, and you feel pressure. You need to say, you know what, we'll be back tomorrow. It won't be on sale tomorrow. How many times, I've done this before where I walked away and came back and it was even less the next day. Yeah. It, it, that's manipulation. It's, it's, all, it's plain and simple. And any time you begin to feel pressure, you need to walk away. You need to take time. You need to say, and if you really want to get religious or spiritual on them, say, you know, I have to go pray. I pray about everything. That'll freak them out. Say, I'm going to talk to God about you. <laughs> you don't want to do that, but, well, maybe you do. But say, I'm going to pray about it. I don't do anything because it's on sale today because, you know what? I'll get it somewhere else if God really wants me to have it for less than what you're even trying to charge me. Your spouse comes in and says, i got to buy that bass boat. It's on sale. And I know what you're, you're, he's putting the pressure on you. Honey, i got to do this. If not, it's going to be your fault. That's plain and simple manipulation. We've got to understand that so much of our lives demand that we give an answer in a time frame that we're not comfortable with. Until you get a yes or a no... Do not give in. Your answer, not the one they may demand, wait until you come up with the answer that you're comfortable with. Avoid To avoid pain or displeasure, uh, one man writes, due to the negative reinforcement tactics, you may have learned to uh, short-circuit by a manipulator by capitulating rapidly, so playing for time may be difficult for you. In other words, you say, you know, I have, a, I have a couple of rules in my life. Typically, I, I'm a 24-hour guy. If I feel pressured, I say, I've got to have 24 hours. I just need 24 hours to process. And sometimes you have to just be very intentional because manipulators will push you, twist you. They will try everything in the world to require that you give them the answer they want when they want it. And you know, it's very difficult because they'll get mad at you. Remember I talked about manipulators? They'll yell at you. They'll get angry. They'll give you the silent treatment. They'll do a lot of things to get you to do what they want you to do. And you just have to really look at them and smile. 
And you just have to say, you know, I just can't give you an answer right now. You know, I'll get back to you tomorrow. But I got to know now. Okay, then you get back to me tomorrow. But I'm going to have to take the time I need. So put things and people on hold if necessary. Uh, on a phone, here's a phone technique. If somebody's calling you and you're on the phone with them, I, I need to put you on hold for a minute I, uh, or so. Excuse me. Thank you. Even if you. And you don't have anybody calling in. Just say, hey, can you hold on a minute? And if you're on your iPhone, put hold. Go brush your teeth. Wash your face. However long you want to leave them on hold. Why would you take so long? Well, I'm, I'm back, but, you know, just play for time. Play for time. Take your time. Do not feel pressured. If you feel pressured to make a decision, there's a really good chance you'll make a wrong one. So some of you are very compelled to be approved and to please, and you have to stop. The broken record is the second thing. When somebody is pushing your buttons and trying to get you to do what they want, just be, be the broken record. I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'll call you in 24 hours. Make up for your lack of ability by abundant continuance in well-doing, and your life work will not be trivial. The repetition of small efforts will accomplish more than the occasional use of great talents. Stay with your answer. Stay with it. Because manipulators are incredibly gifted at irritating you and annoying you to the point. And kids are masters at this. They're really gifted. They'll ask you 30 times for the same thing. And you just have to keep a smile on your face and say, you know, I'll get back to you when I feel comfortable. I'll get back to you when I feel comfortable. I I get back to you when I feel comfortable. It's going to take me 24 hours. Broken record. It's going to take me 24 hours. I'll let you know in 24 hours. You can change it up a little bit if you want. I'll let you know in however many seconds. I'll let you know in however many minutes. But it's still going to be 24 hours. I'll let you know. It's the broken record. You just keep coming back. You don't change it. You don't get in an argument. Because how many of you know manipulators will always figure out avenues and ways to get you on their side. And if they're really good Christian kids, they'll even use the Bible. One young man told his dad, you've got to let me use the car. And dad said, I'm going to let you use the car. But dad, you've got to let me use the car. I need to drive the car. I've got to go to my girlfriend's house. And he's kept on. And finally, he, he said, dad, you're violating the Bible. His dad said, really? He said, yeah. He who spares the rod hates the child. <laughs> Used to call them hot rods. Well, that one won't be used at 11. Stay with your answer. Acknowledge that you hear and understand. In other words, don't ignore somebody. That's not, and oftentimes, people try to counter manipulation and manipulators by ignoring them. That will only make it worse. <clears throat> Anytime you don't communicate, you're showing a level of disrespect. Even though they're being disrespectful, now you're being disrespectful. Say something like, I understand that you're angry, but I will have to get back to you. They come back at you. I understand you're frustrated, but I'll have to get back to you. You see what the broken record does. It just stays, it stays on course. I can't answer that right now, but I'll be glad to get back to you in 24 hours. And you say all of this with a smile on your face. 
Because the goal of a manipulator is to work you into anger and then an argument and to finally get you exasperated so that you give up. And that's how many parents are with children. Children are the best. And they don't even mean to be. They're just born with that same nature that you and I are born with. And they have no uh, sense of etiquette whatsoever because they're teenagers. They haven't lived long enough. But you may have a spouse this way that just continues and you just have to continue back. Broken record. Oh, I'm so sorry that you feel that way right now. I'll get back to you. I don't have an answer right now. I'm sorry you're angry. i got to pray about this. You just have to continue to come back and repeat your answers with a big smile. Because if you don't stand, you'll fall. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And you'll keep up. You have to stop. When people start twisting your arm, you just have to continue to play it over and over and over and over again. Remain calm in your answer, even though it may become annoying. All you have to do is read what's written in red in the Bible. Jesus was always, they were always trying to manipulate Jesus to get him to alter his course. At one point, they said they tried to make him king by force, so Jesus moved away from it. To avoid the manipulation, he knew who he was. He knew he was already a king, but they were going to try to force him to be a king without a cross, and he knew that wasn't going to work. They tried to manipulate him. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply. Can you imagine Jesus going, that's what it says. And then Jesus went, why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. End of conversation. Jesus would not be manipulated. His human nature, and he did have a human nature. He was fully God, fully man. And his human nature was being tested to see if his ego needed their approval. And oftentimes what manipulators are appealing to is our ego. Well, I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. Instead of saying, I know who I am. And I'm not going to do what you want me to do just because you want me to do it. And it doesn't mean I won't eventually end up doing it. I need 24 hours. You play for time. And you continue to be the broken record so that the time you're playing for plays out the way you want it to. Number three, label the manipulation. Label it, call it what it is. And in order to first do that, label the relationship. Ask yourself the question, is this person who I know, who, they really, who, I, who I think they are? You have to know the people in order to easily identify the manipulation. You know, I, I know people in my world that they're not bad people. They're actually good people, but their whole life has been operating manipulatively. It doesn't mean you can't love them. It doesn't mean they can't be a friend. You just have to label who they are in your life. Do these people have my best at heart? Are they always looking out for my good? Or have they been the kind of people or friends that I found myself getting in trouble with over and over and over again? Or when I get away from them, I always don't, I feel less than when I've been with them. 
I feel like I've violated my convictions when I've been with them. And you know, at that point, it's not necessarily intentional manipulation. It's habitual manipulation. It's just who they are. There are people who are always going to get their way or they're not going to be your friend. And you know what? You like them. You want to be around them. They're not bad people. But you don't walk away from a time spent with them feeling better about who you are. Because you have, in that moment or the time that you've been with them, you have become them. Folks, this gets really difficult because it forces us to look at our own lives and our own destiny and and place a value on who God made us and what God wants us to be. And there are certain people that you can be around for a very little bit of time, and there are other people you can be around for long periods of time. But you have to identify those who those people are and label them and then label the manipulation. And here is a way to respond to this by labeling it. When you raise your voice and yell at me, if this is happening to you, this is how you could respond. When you raise your voice and yell at me, I feel afraid and anxious. Now, I'll, I'll read the rest of this in a minute. Please understand something. People can't make you feel a certain way. You let them into your life, and you let them make you feel that way. They can't make you. You're opening the door to that. So what this does, it says, this is how I feel. This is not what you're saying. So you're not accusing someone. You're confessing to them, when you yell at me, I feel this way. That way, the manipulator, what you're saying to them is, this is what I'm getting from this conversation. This is what I'm getting. And so you say, when you raise your voice and yell at me, I feel afraid and anxious. Now, here's what you do to turn the tide. If you would just stop yelling and ask me what you want in a calm voice, I would feel a lot more respected and valued. So now you're busting their chops in a very polite way. Because manipulators hate being caught. They hate being caught. And when you do it politely, you're not doing to them what they're trying to do to you. You're simply being very kind and honest about how you feel and what you feel like they're doing. Okay? So, determine to practice keeping calm, number one, and keep your voice at a low level, number two. Okay? Keep calm and keep a kind voice and a smile on your face. It's very, very difficult to do. Because when you feel like somebody's trying to manipulate you, it's very challenging. Okay? So then the last, or number four, disabling the manipulation. Disabling the manipulation. Okay? So here's one way Jesus did it in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we all know that Jesus knew 
everything about this man's heart before the conversation. We know that. He knew every detail before the conversation. And Jesus is now having one with him to bring redemption to this man's life. Now, here's what happens. All these I kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. Now, let me pause here because this is, uh, religious people use this saying, well, if you're rich, you're not of God. He didn't say give everything to the poor. He said give to the poor. Jesus didn't say bankrupt yourself. He said, look, sell everything you have, give to the poor. Just give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, please understand, you said, well, this is not blatant manipulation. Well, what the young man was really trying to do when he said, you know, what must I do? He already knew. You know why he already knew? Because he said, I've kept all these things since I was young. How do you know you kept them if you didn't know what they were? He didn't say, well, you know, I can do that. He said, I've done that. So he knew everything before he had this conversation with Jesus, and yet he's trying to get Jesus to to give him a pass on one thing. It's manipulation. I'm I'm 90% good. I'm not good on the other 10%, so give me a pass. And Jesus said, "Mm, you know, that's what you got to do. I mean, you told me you've done everything, but you haven't done this. And you're trying to get me to give you a pass and say you can hang out with me when you're not willing to be honest with me? Most people would say, that's good enough for me, man. You're almost there. That's good enough for me. Jesus said, you know, I'm mad at you. And Jesus didn't condemn him. Jesus just kept walking toward his purpose. Let me tell you what manipulation does. Manipulation will gradually erode your purpose until you get to the point where you're neither a yes or no person. You don't even have an answer or response. You're just following the crowd. And let me tell you, in the workplace, this is really big. In the workplace, nine out of ten employees may be angry and talking about the boss and talking about the company and working for the man, and and you say nothing, you're right in that group. Silence says agreement. And if you want to get promoted, let me tell you, if you want to get ahead in life, you have to stop being a part of that kind of conversation. You have to stop. And you have to put a stop to it. And you have to immediately say, this is not happening. If you want to disable manipulation, and you have... Well, think about the disciples. What did they say to Jesus? Well, man, come on, Jesus. He was a good guy. He had some change. He would have been really a good part of our corporation here. You have to be very, 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 very cautious. And you have to disable it by taking a position or a stand. Then lastly, setting your terms. Setting your terms. Interests. Lay out your interests and goals for life and relationship if the relationship is going to continue. You have to set your terms. And you may have to sit down and talk to somebody. These are the terms by which I feel like I can have a relationship. These are the terms. I want you to know, and I want to be reminded all the time, and when we get at a, a point in our life where we're, we're coming to a crossroads, 
these terms are what we're going to look to. Because if you don't, you will vacillate and, and, and gradually you'll have no conviction and you will move away from what your purpose is. Secondly, identity. By setting terms that you're good with, you regain your own identity. In other words, these are your terms. These are, this is your identity. It's not somebody else's. How many times have you been around somebody and you begin to use the same language they use or the same phrases they use or the same tone of voice? You, in other words, you have been so influenced that you begin to sound like them. You lose your identity in that relationship because you have not set the terms of that relationship. These are the things I will do. These are the things I won't do. And, you know, I'm not judging you for doing those things, but I can't do them. And what you feel guilty about is you don't have their approval because they, feel, they say, well, you're judging me. You say, I'm not judging you. I want you to go do whatever you want to do. I just can't do these things. You see how manipulation works? They will say, when people say you're judging me, what they're really trying to get you to do is do what they want you to do so that they don't feel judged because they don't feel good about what they're doing anyway. But when you give approval, they feel better about it. It doesn't mean be mean. It does not mean to be mean. It simply means that you have a standard by which you have chosen to live your life and you've set the terms for your life. Three, integrity. All the times that we are not true to our lives and our vision and our convictions, we are void of personal soul integrity. Soul integrity, not integrity before others, integrity before ourselves and before God. This is who I am in my soul. And when you set those terms, it will help you avoid being manipulated. Play for time. Broken record. Label the, the manipulation. Disarm it, if you will. And then set your terms. These are ways you can do this. And let me tell you right now. In your marriage, in your relationship with your children, your relationship with work, work, co-workers, relationship with friends. Do they really know who you are? Or do they just simply assume you're who they are? Do you know who you are? I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not telling you what to do or not to do. I'm simply saying, if you feel exhausted in your life and you are people drained, there is a very good chance you're not just an introvert, but that you have been manipulated in that relationship as long as it's existed. If people are not energizing you, you need to ask yourself the question, why am I spending time with them? If you feel exhausted being around someone, there is a good chance that relationship is unhealthy. Have you ever been around somebody for an hour and you go, you go home and your spouse and you go, man, I'm just wore out. And you, know, you think, well, I didn't sleep well or I didn't eat well. No, there's a really good chance you're wore out because they sucked the life out of you because you were constantly battling the manipulative tactics.
I want us to be healthy and whole. I want us to have common sense and to be able to look at life and go, you know what? I am an individual that Jesus Christ gave his life for. And I'm not going to live my life under the authority or in the shadow of somebody else to make their life better while mine is hurting. Do you realize that there are people that will subtly, manipulatively drain you? And you put up with it because you feel like you can fix them or they need you or whatever. And they will even text you or call you. Well, you're not there anymore. You're not, you must not be my friend. You're too busy for me. You're too busy. You're just too bu- I get it. You're too busy for me. You know, it, I'm just mean enough in the flesh. You're right. I am too busy for people like you. That's what I'd want to say. But we just have to go back. And we have to smile and say, you know, I understand that you're frustrated right now. I understand you feel neglected right now. But I have things to do, and I'll get back to you when I can. I understand you're angry with me right now, but I'll get back to you when I can. I understand. I understand. And you may have to play that broken record for a long time. Well, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want to pray for you today and pray with you today. There are those of you here that you've been beat up, beat down, beat around. And man, you just need time to heal. Father, I pray for every one of these people here today. Everyone watching online. God, I ask you to heal their hearts from previous wounds and hurts. Father, I ask you to make us whole in every relationship we have. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask those of you here today that if you've not received Christ and you don't have the strength you need, He is the strength you've been looking for. In the name of Jesus, you can overcome and you can stand your ground. I want all of you to pray this prayer with me. And those of you watching online, if Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life today, he can be the Lord of your life in just about one minute as you pray and repent and say, Jesus, I need to make you the Lord of my life. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.